0: Thanks for listening to another edition of Cavs the Podcast. I am joined by my partner in crime and co-owner, part owner, Nate Smith. <laughs> Nate, you just got back from uh, from the beaches of South Carolina to snow on your back porch. I'm sure that yeah, was... Yeah, uh, was,
1: it was funny because last night uh, my wife's phone had not updated its
0: location and it
1: went from 73 to 36. <laughs> Like, like immediately As it updated its location for the for the weather, and I was like, "Oh, that is that is really depressing."
0: Well, that might have actually been what happened because <laughs> we got those like tornado like winds over here, yeah, and it got really cold, and and man, I got big huge tree limbs down everywhere. But uh, uh such that's, is that's life okay. in the state of Ohio. Yeah. Um, so Nate, you know, I know we're, it's a victory podcast. We, I need a soundboard with woohoo's and um <laughs> confetti and things like that Wait, because, we need joe tate going Cavs win
1: cabs yeah, win yeah. Yeah. except that was more harry Carey than joe tate but. cubs
0: <laughs> yeah well what, what did joe tate used to say um uh, i mean i can remember he would sign off every night have a good night everybody but i can't really remember if he had a signature cab if he had win. a go-to move well he had a lot of go to moves. I'm just trying to remember a signature line when they would actually win, like when the when the buzzer would sound if he had one. I don't think I I can't remember one. I feel like he just sort of would. I end thought the, it was Cavs Win. Maybe it was. I'm sure someone listening will chime in and let us know what, what um Joe Tate's signature celebratory Cavs win line was. Um but anyway. You, I know, really thought the Cavs played well today against the Hornets, and I did not see the game. I was sleeping on the couch because I don't really ever sleep anymore, and I passed out. I woke up, and I saw they had just won. I, and so I was following um what you were saying in the email thread, and you thought that they played really well. So when I looked at the box score, they once again blew a huge lead. So it, it explain to me why... It was it was a good game for the Cavs, and why blowing that lead really wasn't a big thing.
1: Um, I a it wasn't a huge lead. Uh, wasn't it, it like twenty one?
0: Like was it that high? Yeah, I think it was like twenty one, and it cut all the way down to four. Were they letting yeah. Jeremy Lin go right again, Nate? Did they not listen to our last podcast where you lambasted um, them for that? No,
1: they did a much better job for the most part.
0: Uh, Jeremy
1: Lin, when he did his damage, uh, did get to his right hand. Um, and then one great play late, Kevin Love switched on him and forced him left and Jeremy Lin turned it over. Oh, nice! so, uh, it, it it was a nice, uh, heady play by say love. Yeah. I mean, what really happened was they came out in the third, there was no Nick Batum, Nick Batum got hurt, uh, didn't play after halftime. And I kind of felt like, yeah, the Cavs let off the gas a little. And the other thing that happened was that Kemba Walker got scorching hot. And the officials decided that the Cavs just were not going to get a call. Um, there was a big free throw disparity in the game. I there was an that. enormous one. And when you look at the number of shots inside the arc, that the Cavs took compared to the Hornets, it was even worse. Um, Yeah, I mean, go through the free throw disparity a little bit because I don't have the numbers in front of me.
0: Well, I I saw, I think the Cavs had like 12 free throws attempted and they only made six of those. And uh, the Hornets had like something in the 20s. So they had like four times as many uh, free throws made and at least twice as many attempts as the Cavs and it and then when I saw that I saw you talking about how it was like they were playing six on five or eight on five or whatever with the refs and that you were proud of them for gutting through it and then I thought oh I thought today was a home game and it was a home game (laughs) it was the the Cavs can't even get home cooking it, it was ridiculous
1: I mean LeBron was just getting hammered on plays and people The the worst play of the game uh the worst call of the game, Kemba Walker double dribbles with like the, the big long hesitation dribble. Then he double dribbles. Then he throws it forward when he's in the air or right before he's in the air and goes and gets it. And like a millisecond before he gets it, uh, Delhi puts his arms around him and they call a foul. And it was like, so he actually double dribbled twice and then <laughs> wow. he got a, he got two shot shooting foul. Wow. and it was just, it was insane it was right in the middle of when he was just scorching hot um lebron and kevin love going to the rack repeatedly i mean kevin love 10 shots inside the arc lebron 22 shots inside the
0: arc and only three free throws that well i don't care i 22 shots inside the arc for lebron i mean i that's like a wet dream i mean i'm just so happy oh
1: no yeah i'm i'm i was super pleased with the way he played but i mean they were just hammering guys and not getting called yeah. and the hornets do not have a shot blocker on that team uh now that they lost biombo your boy my boy and then uh of course you know jefferson uh might have been the, their biggest one and he's not even he's not even playing he's not even active
0: are you um, are you impressed with um you know when when Kid Gilchrist went out for the season I wrote them off I mean I thought well, wow, it was a nice story oh I they've been, they've been playing well this year uh and then when he went down I just thought man they these guys just cannot catch a break and I just figured yeah. well that's going to be it I'm really impressed with um, oh absolutely with especially their defense I mean losing no, Kid it, Gilchrist it, they lost really, Biombo yeah. and and I mean they're they're defending
1: well and. So Kemba Walker went to the line eleven times that game, um, just got call after call after call, but Kemba Walker is averaging twenty four points a game, five assists, five rebounds, shooting uh forty two, forty two and ninety percent uh wow. from the line over that's the last like, five. That's
0: like he, game, he's Damian been playing Lillard lights numbers. out. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's
1: playing lights out. And wow uh Marvin Williams has been i mean Marvin Williams, a guy I thought would be forever just you
0: know a pine rider yeah <laughs> uh has has had a really good season. well, he sort of filled in for the Josh mcRoberts role that stretch big bit that when they lost yeah, mcRoberts, they- their offense went from kind of you know respectable enough, given how good they were defensively to just like the worst offense in the league. And now I feel like yeah. Marvin Williams has assumed that role, and it helps space the floor for them.
1: Yeah, so Jeremy Lin went to the line seven times. Uh, Kemba Walker went to the line 11 times, and they were 26 of 27. And that was one big reason they were in the game. I mean, they were hitting their free throws, and the Cavs, as few as they had, weren't. Um, so I I really didn't get too worked up about blowing the lead because it, it felt organic uh delhi did get caught on an island on kemba walker a couple times yeah
0: um it, well we've but established the, i think that as much as we are you know we love delhi he's a better team defender and, right. pick, and pick and roll so what, defender what, what than they he were is doing
1: what they were doing really well was denying the hornets the wing pick and roll so you would have uh kemba walker coming up on the left side of the Top of the key, and then that pick would be coming i'm um, yeah, the pick would be coming on uh the right side, and LeBron would just get completely between him him and the screener and just push him over to the wing every time, so once they pushed that pick and roll over to the wing, they were icing it every time with really really good uh communication and basically forcing the guards uh when they uh weren't getting penetration take that in between shot and and it it was an excellent defense for the most part i mean the hornets did shoot 45% uh mm-hmm. but uh i thought their their pick and roll defense was much much improved and uh a lot of that uh i mean The Hornets did get some penetration, but a lot of guys hit tough shots. Okay. And I really felt like uh, the Cavs were defending the rim pretty well. Uh, The other thing they did excellently was rebound. um, TT? 46 46 to 35 rebound advantage. It was really team rebounding more than anything. Tristan Thompson was really good in the first, had uh, five offensive rebounds in the game, um, but uh, only one rebound in the second half. And uh but Kevin Love, you know, nine boards, James eight boards, uh Delhi five boards. Delhi had two or three rebounds where the ball just bounced exactly to him because he collapsed to the free throw line as you are supposed to do as a defensive guard. Right. Uh J.R. Smith, five boards, Channing Fry seven. Uh really, really great team rebounding effort. And the the Hornets were doing a really good job especially in the second half of basically face guarding Tristan Thompson, keep him off the boards and it was letting basically everyone else rebound for the Cavs. Were
0: they uh were they doing the old Draymond Green jersey tug to keep him keep him on the ground?
1: Um there was a lot of arms on they were they were doing the arm pull down thing which is a uh, you know where you get your arm on top of the other guy. Yeah. uh which is a uh, Spencer Hawes American Patriots specialty. <laughs>
0: So speaking of uh,
1: pull-downs. Or rather, as I call him now, uh, Spencer Hawes, American Bushido. he has that <laughs> yeah,
0: ridiculous, <the> ridiculous top <laughs> knot. <laughs> uh, so, so speaking of takedowns, um, Al Horford, uh, that was a flagrant, in my opinion. I was really shocked. Oh, they, on, they didn't call it on TT. Yeah. Slammed into the ground. Was that was excessive. Especially
1: and, given the history between the two teams and kind of the moment in the game. Yeah.
0: And you know what? Uh, and I, I put up the live thread, and of course, I found a video of the Inside the NBA TNT crew discussing whether or not Delhi was a dirty player. And I, I, I don't know if I trusted myself last year in in May to to be perfectly objective about you know. Of course, I was screaming. I mean, that didn't stop me from talking about it. I'm sure I was, you know, um, outrageously uh, you know, just ranting about this idea that Delhi, of course, is not a dirty player. But now that I've had a year and I don't really care what Reggie Miller thinks, I don't care what Hubie Brown thinks, and I don't care what anyone thinks, um, I watch that video again, it's just mind-blowing to me. Like you watch the video and it's like, okay, here's Al Horford grabbing Delhi's shoulder. Here's Al Horford yanking on Delhi's shoulder, here's Al Horford pulling Delhi over um Damari Carroll's uh shoulder blades. Here's Delhi totally helpless like a rag doll falling backwards. Here's Delhi landing hard and then here's Al Horford after Delhi lands throwing a vicious Dro- elbow right into the side of the his head. Elbow. Yeah, right into the side of his head. I mean, it's like yeah. that's like one of the most dirty plays I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was really and, bad. And the story was that Delhi was a dirty player. <laughs> and 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 Horford's ridiculous sister or cousin, whoever the hell, is tweeting. Oh yeah! I mean, oh my gosh! Like no, get and, a grip.
1: And Horford,
0: yeah, Horford,
1: definitely a bit of a dirty player. Um, not a fan. I feel like he he's one of those fake tough guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, and. So, yeah, wrapping up the Hornets game a little bit so we can talk about <laughs> – No, I mean, so we can You're talk like, about the advantage. Oh, man, this
0: is going to be long yeah, in the you, tooth if I just let Tom derail me at every, every no, turn. No,
1: no, no. Yeah, so you know, really good job, Ice, in the pick and roll. Uh, Delhi came – so the third quarter, uh, part of it was Kemba Walker's defense, and he was scorching Delhi and they, they took him out, and they put uh, Amon Shumpert, who had a really fantastic game, especially defensively. That's good. Uh and hit some big mid-range shots uh, from the elbow, uh, which I've noticed him going to more. He's getting more and more comfortable with that shot. Uh, Amon Shumpert might have had his best game of the year today. Really? Uh, plus he's thir- 13, led the team. Uh, really did a nice job of shutting down Kemba Walker when he got hot. Okay. Um, really nice perimeter defense. Uh, hit some big shots to kind of help him pull away. And obviously J.R. Smith. Uh, just got scorching red hot in the third quarter, yeah. uh, 27 points in the game, uh, just went on a, one of those, you know, three triple barrages in the third, 10 for 16 in the game, had another one of those floaters, uh, LeBron of course was brilliant, uh, 31 points, 12 assists, but what was really nice was so much of his assist came, uh, out of, as the role man, uh. Or as a guy in the post, uh, off off the roll action, rather than as the primary offensive initiator. And Delhi just really, I I tweeted that he ran a masterclass in pick and roll passing in the fourth yeah. quarter. He was and, and it it helped him immensely that uh, the Hornets were doing very dumb things like uh, sending two guys at him out in the corner, which is just I don't know why you would ever send a double team at Delhi in the corner because he wants you to double team him. Um, so he can pass to an open guy. Right. And,
0: uh, and he, he was definitely spreading the ball around. Uh, but well, I watched the highlights and it looked like they sort of the dagger, if you will, was back to back possessions where, um, deli found a cutting LeBron, uh, who just went right down the middle and scored. The first one was easy. The second one, he had a really nice finish in traffic.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: the nice thing was the
1: Cavs ran the same play. So Delhi came back in in the fourth. The Cavs ran the same play three times, uh, high pick and roll from the top of the left key. And what happened was they uh, they got three different options off it. One of them was a Tristan Thompson lob. One uh-huh. was a, a Kevin, pat, a Kevin Love
0: player to the ke- wing.
1: Uh, one was a Kevin love flare to the wing and, uh, one was a deli floater. And then another one was LeBron getting free throws. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it was, it was really solid and LeBron then kind of took over that role for Tristan Thompson. And, and it was ridiculous. And Delhi kept looking for it. One time Delhi passed up a wide open layup to get LeBron the ball. Well, that's uh, fine. Which, <laughs> No, yeah, I know. And, and deli, but he needs to start taking those too. Uh, he can't bail the defense out because not every team is gonna defend as poorly as the, the Hornets did uh late in the game. And and they did a good job of, of denying Jeremy Lynn the strong hand. They defended Lin well. Uh Lynn was uh three for nine in the game, uh minus fifteen. He he really had a subpar game for them. And uh, you know, Channing Fry wasn't hitting the three ball but was rebounding. Um you know, Mo Williams had himself uh, a nice game off yeah, the bench. I see points. he
0: he went two or three from downtown. That's good. Yeah he
1: he did have he did have a couple really bad possessions uh, early in the fourth, late in the third that helped out the Hornets. Uh, he had one where he just was—you could tell he was shot hunting from the time he got across half court and. So could the Hornets and they just obliterated <laughs> the shot and it was like twelve seconds on the shot clock. So <laughs> okay. but all you know, all in all a really solid uh Hornets win or uh, Cavs win. I thought the Hornets uh did a nice job not quitting in the game, uh battling back. Uh the Cavs were really at a an officiating disparity. It was ridiculous how bad the how unevenly the fouls were called that game. Uh, and fortunately, uh, fortunately, it worked out for the Cavs. So, yeah. So anyway, we were talking about the Atlanta game, which yeah, yes. I thought had a lot more meaning. Uh, of course, we had that series last last uh, summer or late spring uh, where the Cavs won in four. Yep. Uh, Deli got his dirty player reputation from uh, b- breaking uh, Kyle um, Corbett.
0: From diving game. for a loose ball. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I love to point that out. Now, anytime I see a player dive and roll for a loose ball, which I see it about once a week, and I don't, I don't watch games yeah. every night. I see it a lot. I always like to tweet something real snarky about, like, "Oh, what a dirty play!" But um, yeah, I'm just one man, Nate. I can't, you know, I can't bring down the machine. But you, you uh, are just one man. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you know that Hawks game. So you, you can't, you, got, def-
1: you can't destroy the pay- patriarchy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the patriarchy. So you you talked about how you thought the Cavs did a nice job icing the pick and roll in the Hornets game. In the Hawks game, in that uh, middle of the first quarter to, you know, up till two minutes left in the second quarter, I thought the Cavs played just outstanding defense. And in the half court, uh, they were actually switching the pick and roll. And it was very purposeful. And it wasn't, it did not lead to awkward matchups where the person now defending the ball handler had like no chance to stay in front of him. Um, You know, you could tell they planned it and I think it's great. And I think the way they defended uh, Schroeder and to a lesser extent Teague last year really flummoxed the Hawks who the Hawks are a great team. Um, Offensively, they move the ball well. They have that kind of Popovich light system, but they rely on a little bit of dribble penetration to get things started. In a similar way, the the Spurs rely on Tony Parker, you know, going around picks or, you know, um, creating a little dribble penetration a lot of times to get their perpetual motion machine going. And I feel like the Cavs have done a nice job against the Hawks in that. Someone is always blanketing Kyle Korver, and they do a lot of switching against those guards. And I, I, just, I thought they executed it really well, and they, mm-hmm. really, they really stymied the Hawks during that stretch. Yeah, when
1: the, when the Hawks came back in the third, and I'll admit I, I was driving back uh, from my vacation, so I missed the first half. And I, I got into the hotel right as the second half was starting. And yeah, when they wet the bed. Yeah, and, and Kyle Corver got
0: loose for a couple threes. Yep. Um they were really slow, uh, rotating. They just looked they looked stuck in the mud and the Hawks were yeah. playing at a high level. I mean it was it was yeah. a it was a perfect storm. It was like the Cavs were playing crappy. The Hawks, you know, were really playing they were firing on all cylinders at both ends. And 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 you know, I wrote I wrote a I wrote a pretty long recap because I, I felt like this game was sort of a microcosm of the whole season. And so I had a lot that I kinda uh you know gleamed from this game. That maybe it's just one game and I read into it too much, but you know, I really feel like the biggest problem well this team has two really big problems, and they sort of go hand in hand, which is which is bad. The first is that they they play they give a lot of minutes to players That aren't great defensive players. And I'm mostly talking about Kyrie Irving and and Kevin Love. And I'm really mostly focusing on Kyrie Irving in this case. So if you're going to do that, you really need to be prolific offensively. You can't, uh, you know, you can't be a liability on defense because you're not a good defensive player and because you're lazy, you know, as well. You can't be a liability on defense and then not. Be like lighting up the opposition at the other end, and you certainly can't be sabotaging your team's offense at the other end. Now, Kyrie's in a funk; he's had a bad week or two. We'll get into that, but the reality is that the the lineups they trotted out last year, the lineups that won two finals games, uh, featured a lot of Vadova, a lot of Tristan Thompson, uh, some Iman Shumpert, some J.R. Smith. Although Smith didn't play great in the in the finals. I featured Mozgov a bit, um, and he's he's been a huge disappointment this season. Yeah, um, he's pretty much been relegated to token starter status now. Right, he he starts. They they don't do much. They pull him, and he hardly ever gets back in. But but the Cavs became really an excellent defensive team, and their offense wasn't great. But you know, LeBron by himself can can score you enough points to be respectable, and so what. What this game really um, showed me was that I've seen this trend all year long with the Cavs. And it's what you would have seen if you were starting to watch the game in the second half. And that is that when when things start going south, things start shots start not falling or the team starts blowing rotations, the other team gets hot, the Cavs offensively revert to this really awful... Um, everyone wants to try to get it all back on the next shot, you know. Jr. uh, I mean, I know Jr. is supposed to kind of just fire away, but maybe in that situation, overpass a little bit, like try to work for an easy basket, try to get something, try to create some kind of breakdown, and just and just earn a point in the paint or something like that, or get to the free throw line. Uh, Do something to execute. Because when the other team's firing at all cylinders, the last thing you want to do is think, oh, my gosh, we need to start firing up threes. Because then that just leads to long rebounds and you get kind of overwhelmed. And that's exactly what happened. And and I I just noticed that LeBron. You're talking in the second half of the Hawks game. Yes. In the second half. In the third quarter. Because you you took the long way around to set that scene. Well, you you know me. (laughs) But but (laughs) I have long prologues and long epilogues. But – I noticed that LeBron, especially when he's playing with Kyrie, those guys just have no on-court chemistry when things are tight. You know right. what I mean? Like, and and I noticed that, and, and I was really screaming at the TV for Lou to take out Kyrie, and it wasn't, it wasn't just because Kyrie was struggling. Now you're talking about way. what are you talking about in the third quarter I'm talking or about late? The third quarter's already gone by. Um, okay, it's a, a dogfight at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, both teams have kind of uh, had their best runs on the table and now it's a slugfest and and Kyrie individually is is playing awful. He's five of or four of something really bad. Um, he's kind of hijacking the offense. Well, that kind no, of, he wasn't he kind is. of hijacking the
1: offense and he
0: was going into pick and roll
1: and settling for a mid range jumper almost every time he, he ran that play, and right. he was clanking them. And if you're going to run that play and you're going to clank it, it is a very low-percentage shot. I mean, that's that's one of those that, – that is a shot that's in Kyrie Irving's wheelhouse, um, a shot that normally he is good at, but he was ice cold that game and was not moving the ball, and the Hawks were content – to let him take those shots.
0: Now, here, here's where I'm gonna, here's where I'm gonna de- de- depart from from you, and, and just and just go just go off on, on this whole situation because we, I've had a lot of arguments with people, um, both in the live thread and in the recap about, you know, a lot of people think, oh, Lou did the right thing. You got to let your guy play through that. Uh, you got to let Kyrie work out the bugs. You got to let the team figure it out. Yada yada yada. So I, I'm fine with, hey, you got to let shooters shoot. You got to get out of your shooting slump. That's fine. I'm looking at this situation now and I'm saying to myself, you clearly wanted to win this game because you played LeBron James 44 minutes and you only rested him for like a minute and a half in the fourth quarter. You you did not do his normal rest. You brought him right back in. Fred McLeod called it a pit stop. Because you were nervous that your 11 point lead had now shrunk to four and it was like, okay, hurry up. Get, and, I, and it was the right move. Good call by Lou there. Bring LeBron back in. Maybe LeBron just said, I'm going back in. I don't know. But that was the right call there. Don't, don't let the game spin out of control. But Kyrie's playing poorly individually. You may have noticed, um, Kyrie's lackadaisical transition defense was a lot of the reason that Kyle Corver shook free for those three pointers in the third. Right, And the play where I just about lost my mind was late in the game. It's a dogfight. Every possession is super critical. And LeBron tried setting a pick for Kyrie. And it was just like something right out of David's woodshop where Kyrie does not know how to use a pick. This is LeBron freaking James setting, taking the time to set a pick for you. Kyrie like didn't use it. He went the other way. LeBron tried again to set the pick for him. And they ran into each other. They actually bumped, they actually bumped each other. This is in a crucial moment in the game. And it was at this point that I'm just thinking to myself, look, Lou, coach Lou, he's not giving you anything on defense. He's not giving you anything individually. You've got LeBron James on the court. LeBron is having an epic game. He is playing extremely well. You've got other guys that have played extremely well this game. Channing Fry had played extremely well. Della Vadova played really well until he committed, like, two straight turnovers and he got benched. What are you doing? I mean, just – and I was – I, I don't
1: – And, I, and I, he still led the team in plus minus
0: for the game. Yeah, Della <laughs> did, yeah. Ryan Rossillo tweeted, like, if the Cavs – something like this game would have been over if the Cavs would have just played Delhi. Like, the fact that they don't care at all about defense – is really hurting this team, and I don't always agree with Ryan Rosillo. In this case, it was like he tweeted for me. It, w- it was like, yes, absolutely. It was nice to see someone that's not as plugged in as us notice that from afar. Like, mm-hmm. what what is going on? Whereas most people would be yeah. like, oh, well, it's Kyrie Irving. It's you know, it's Uncle Drew. It's like, of course you're going to play him. Why would you bench him? Like, I, I hate that. I hate that. Like, well, you have to. He's your he's one of your best players, or he's worth this much money. I hate that concept. It's just, well, and, it's and, and to me, yeah, it's
1: stupid and very few, very good organizations run that way where your position dictates you a level of accountability or dictates you a freedom from accountability that everyone else has. You know, if my my opinion is the lowest paid guy and the highest paid guy should be subject to the same levels of accountability. And the guy that's the highest paid is getting paid that high, that highly because he's the guy that's producing the most results. It's called a meritocracy. Right. You might've, you might've heard of it, you know, and I tweeted the meritocracy is dead because it was ridiculous. And (laughs) yeah, I remember you saying that. um,
0: The thing that happened in the game. So let me just, let me just finish my thought real quick and then I'll I'll let you go. So, My biggest concern, this is, this started a long time ago. I, I know I might have got off the rails a little bit, but my biggest concern is that when the game gets tight and in the playoffs, the games are going to get tight. You're not going to blow out teams in the playoffs. You're going to, you're going to have games where you really need execution down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And if LeBron and Kyrie are going to be running into each other at this stage of their careers together, trying to do a pick and roll, because they have no chemistry together. They don't trust each other. And Kyrie really isn't a good pick and roll player offensively. I mean, he's just not. I mean, we know that. We've 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 shown that with with video. Um why it, if he I, doesn't he have it very going. very
1: inconsistent. Let's put it that okay, way. Okay,
0: yeah, fine. Then why why did why did not why did Lou not see that and go, "You know what? Kyrie, I mean, now he's out with an ankle sprain, right? Well, well and not only that.
1: He was just getting obliterated on defense. They ran an isolation yeah. for Jeff T at the top of the key with and it, Kyrie it, it on it. It wasn't and even he close. Just, yeah, he just, it was like it was like, he, it was was like Kyrie his was his eyes stuck. lit up like yeah. it was Christmas morning.
0: Right. <laughs> now I mean he might have done that against Delhi. I mean, uh, Kyle Lowry, you know, kinda took Delhi in isolation yeah. to school. But I mean, it wasn't even a contest. I mean he just whoop and he was gone. He was by Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie had no chance.
1: Yeah, and Uh, Kyrie, you know, didn't do any, like, push him to his left, uh, push him to the help, you know, he just, like, deer in the headlights. And, you know, and it's what I talked about, it seems like Kyrie doesn't think when the game is tight. Like, he relies solely on instinct, and his instincts are really bad, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because, you know, he, he... Gets into that iso ball. I'm gonna, I'm gonna score a pull up. Um, he just, he just doesn't think. And like, you know, he doesn't do the scouting report on Jeff Teague. You know, make him use his offhand. Make him, uh, make him do something other than what he wants to do with the ball. Right. Uh, defensively. But it's just like, I think he's either A, so far inside his own head of what he's doing wrong scoring wise that he's just not even paying attention to the game plan. Or or he's just not as bright as we all think he is. So I I don't know what's going on with him. But that. Yeah, no. And I agree with you. Uh, So here's how bad Kyrie Irving was. The one thing that Kyrie Irving is great at and absolutely should have been in at the end of the game for is shooting clutch free throws. He's 33 of 34 in clutch free throw situations with his one miss coming in that overtime of that Atlanta game. Right. Uh in his career. Um, that, that's outstanding. That is outstanding. But let's look at this the other way. He was minus thirteen in the game with in five free points at the end of the game. So really, you know,
0: call, he was call minus that, eighteen.
1: <laughs> call that minus eighteen. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that, that other five points shouldn't even count. <laughs> because they were free points that he got. Well, it's uh, like,
0: again, let me let me try to, because I'm sure there's still disbelievers, you know, that are going to be listening tomorrow morning going like, I can't, I, I mean, what is he talking about? I can't even get over this. This is Kyrie Irving we're talking about. Here's the thing. What the Cavs really need is a team that plays good defense and is efficient with LeBron, right? LeBron in the playoffs is going to play 40 minutes every game. He's not going to play like 30 minutes. He's going to play 40 to 46 minutes every game. So if you're in a crunch time situation where you need a bucket, you got to come up with something. Right. That and, includes and, LeBron and James.
1: Kyrie doesn't run plays with any sort of complexity, which is just what boggles my mind. And then Delhi comes in. He's setting screens out there. He's uh, he's he's. He's running
0: plays. He's finding third and fourth options. Like Uh, those those two plays today that Delhi ran for LeBron at the end of the game, the two plays that sealed the game. If anyone can find me like video evidence of a late game situation where LeBron and Kyrie, um, you know, they're 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 going up against a a half court defensive um, stand, and they run a play like that to get an easy bucket, I'd I'd love to see it because I just don't believe. These guys can do it together right now. Maybe they can next year. I'm not saying like trade Kyrie. I'm saying right now I don't see it. And the other thing that was a, a you know a problem is how much Kevin Love fades in fourth quarters. Right. And so and we talked
1: about that in the Atlanta
0: game for sure. So I'm listening to I was listening to Hey Windy from Friday. So it's a, you know they, it it didn't cover the Hawks game or the Hornets game, but uh, the one they recorded on Friday I listened to it tonight while I was doing dishes. And, and Wendy, you know, was very optimistic about the Cavs, by the way, but he did say they're just not on the same level as the Warriors. And he said, I think that, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to really play Kevin Love that much against the Warriors if they want to win. And then his conclusion was sort of like, I don't know that they're able to like, as a team, bury their egos enough to bring Kevin Love off the bench. But if they did, I think it would be super effective. And I just, I just, I'm listening to him talk about this and I'm thinking, like, yeah, I have the same feelings. I feel like you play more Delhi. You play Kyrie with second units when you really need that scoring punch that Delhi certainly doesn't give you. But Delhi plays better with LeBron. I mean, there's just, there's just no quite statistically he does. We see it when we watch the games. But, But here's the other part of that. I actually think
1: Wendy has a really good point. The wrong guy. He wants the wrong guy to come off the bench.
0: The guy that should come off the bench is Kyrie Irving. Which Kevin I mean, Love? People would plays, just laugh at that idea, you know. And that's what bothers me about the NBA. And I, I well,
1: it, oh, it was, that's what bothers me too because one of the greatest shooting guards of the last fifteen years is Ginobili. Is Manor Ginobili, yeah. and he's and and we we're talking about this in the in the comment section. Yes, uh, I think either today or yesterday. Um, part of the thing. It's really hard to have three superstars uh, unless one guy sublimates his role. Right. Uh, And saw it with uh, the Spurs in Parker, uh, Duncan, and Ginobili. And Ginobili did that by coming off the bench. Right. And uh, later in his career, Duncan did that by becoming the defensive focal point and a secondary offensive player. And Kevin Garnett did the same thing for that uh, for the Boston Celtics.
0: And you know what was really interesting about what you're talking about? Very mm-hmm. often, by the end of the game, Ginobili was always in at the end. And right. if he was feeling it, he was allowed to run the offense. And if he was oh, feeling he had the green it, light, yeah. And if he was feeling it and he was doing a good job, a lot of times Parker wouldn't be in. And Parker was probably their most important player. But the point right. was Ginobili was having a good game he could handle the ball, and the lineups just dictated that it's like maybe Ginobili right. should be our de facto point guard in crunch time. And they right. would do that a lot. It wasn't all the time, but they would do that. I'm watching the Cavs, and I'm thinking, like, they've experimented with so many lineups this year. They can't, you know, I understand they're trying to figure out Mozgov. I'm okay with that. you got to see what you can get from him. But, my Lord, I mean, I'm just thinking, if they're in the middle of a like so, I, I don't know if it was Gordon or who it was, was talking about look let's be honest if it's game seven of the finals and it's crunch time Kyrie's in and I'm thinking like then you're gonna lose like that's that's my point exactly it's like if you don't if you can't bury your ego and make the best basketball decision for your team I mean you're you're just handicapping yourself right off the bat right
1: well and and that's the thing that it still cracks me off so much about the NBA because people think you can't fight math. You know, it's like you get these guys that run these these analytics on these guys, and it just proves over and over how guys are good or bad in certain situations, and that you just shouldn't play them in certain situations. And yet, over and over,
0: you see, well, those guys are wrong. You
1: know? It's like, well, no, it, they're not wrong. Well, they're I'll just take... say
0: this. I'll just say this. If I I, I sat through the two thousand nine, um. Eastern Conference semifinals, Cavs versus Magic. Uh, And the Cavs should have won that series. Uh, Or was was it Eastern Conference finals? I can't even remember now.
1: Against Orlando?
0: Yeah. Was that finals or semifinals? It was the Eastern Conference finals. Okay. So the Cavs' um, stubbornness or Mike Brown's stubbornness in playing Ben Wallace is really what killed the Cavs. Um, Pretty much every other player in that series had a positive plus minus and Ben Wallace's was like apocalyptically bad. And if if you recall, it was Wallace guarding Richard Lewis when he hit that ridiculous um uh reverse pivot three to win one of those games. Um, mm-hmm. or maybe he sent it into overtime and they won it over. I can't remember, but uh you know that the Cavs of the Mike Brown era were are like fundamental fundamentalists about getting the big man involved. You know, like Z always had to get involved at the beginning of the game. Ben Wallace always had to get involved at the beginning of the game. And it's like you saw that with Scott Brooks and Kendrick Perkins. It's like Perk's gotta get his touches. It's like, no dude. Like he's terrible. It like bring him in. <laughs> to, bring him in to get a flagrant one on Jay Crowder and then take him out. Like that's that's all he's good for. <laughs> bring him in to tell get in people's ear and chew him out. Get him in to be there for right. practice. Don't put him on the court because we just have ample evidence that's not working. So, so uh,
1: here here's the question that goes along with that. So, do you think Moskov should be playing much in the playoffs or no?
0: I I don't. Given what I've seen, okay. I know Ben Worth would disagree with me. And yeah. Well, you
1: you you saw mine. Uh, I I think the Cavs are going to need Moskov, whether they want to admit it or not because. There are a lot of big centers in the East.
0: Well, I could see it against uh, Detroit. Whiteside? Uh, I could see it against Whiteside. Yep, I could. Um, but I don't see them being able to do it against uh, a lot of teams. Uh, I don't no, I it.
1: agree. They certainly and can't you have, do it against you have the to Hawks. Play ma-
0: they can't do it against you, you the Hawks. You can't
1: do it against the Hawks. You have to play matchups. I don't think you can do it against uh, the Raptors. Horford
0: just owns him. You can't do it against Hor- the Hor- Celtics.
1: Uh, I think you can do it against uh, Zeller, and you can do it against Amir Johnson when they run him at the
0: five. Uh, But, yeah, certainly not against Kelly Olenek. It's not as Um, much just about the individual matchups, though. It's just these motion offenses. um, Mazgov's just too slow, and he's not not giving them anything at the offensive end. Like, he wasn't a great— I think he can give them something at the offensive end,
1: especially against these teams that play their guards way up. Yeah. Um, because he can, you can throw it over the top to Mozgov. Um, but if it's there in the first five, six minutes, great. If it's not throw it away and, and, and use somebody else. Yeah. I, I, I think you want to keep that option open. Yeah. Uh, the other part of that, uh, I, I don't think you want to completely abandon him cause you're going to need his size against certain matchups. It's just the, the way it is. Uh, okay. because, and the other thing is Thompson's so much better coming off the bench he is. Uh, yeah, Wendy actually talked about down, that in Hey, Wendy. Kevin Love can't start at center, and I feel like Channing Fry is also better off the bench.
0: Fry um, is very hit or miss for me. He reminds me a little bit of Damon Jones. Like, boy, when he's on, yeah. what a nice asset to have a guy just yeah. reigning hellfire.
1: But that's hellfire. the perfect bench guy. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. that's that's a guy. That's a perfect eighth guy.
0: Yeah, you know, a guy's like,
1: oh, if he's gonna come in and give you that, it's bonus time. Well, and that, dun- but that dunk he threw I really down, that, liked About did you see that Fry dunk he is-
0: threw down in the Atlanta game? Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome.
1: Yeah, and the one thing I really like about Fry is he. Every game this week, I feel like he's been finding ways to contribute. Like his shot wasn't on. He had uh, a lot of rebounds Hornets, today. I saw, but he had a ton of rebounds, yeah, and that's then the good. game before. He had the three and then he had that dunk, which was a big momentum shift for yeah. the Cavs. And when he had that dunk, yeah. And then you got, of course, Tristan Thompson. Um, it, so I, I feel like I'm not as worried about the big man rotation as long as they don't feel like Mozgov. and I don't even feel like Mozgov isn't going that he even has to start second halves. Um, right. and I think it should, it could be completely matchup dependent, but, but part of it is, I just feel like Fry and Thompson are so much better coming off the bench.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I mean, both you and I, I need to eat crow about Fry because I
1: I don't know. No, if, I do. because he's 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 been very good.
0: He has, yeah. And, and, I, and, and it was, I a, don't nice, think it was he a nice it was a nice picker.
1: Terrible, but he hasn't been. You, you know, the the Hornets, the the Warriors aren't winning because of
0: Andy. Uh, agreed, agreed. <laughs> you know? Well Andy had something left in the tank. I I, I still yeah. I mean I contend that. And the Cavs were playing him, and I and that was puzzling right. to me. But Fry is a better fit for the team right now. Than yeah. Andy. Absolutely. And then so my opinion is Delhi should be starting.
1: Uh Irving should be coming off the bench. Uh he he works so much better with the second unit offensively. Um I feel like he could kind of get into the flow a little bit. Yeah. Better. I don't know. I think, it, and I think it would light a fire under his butt, which I think really needs to happen. Yeah. Because you know, you had uh, a, a re, an observation in your uh, potent perceptions last week that Kyrie Irving. There's really no difference between no games off and one game off in the way he plays, but when he gets two games off, he's terrible.
0: Yeah. So
1: it didn't make it, it didn't my make any sense. Is and I'm just going to leave it at this. I think when he has two games off, he may have too much time on his hands and he may be <laughs>
0: uh,
1: not making good decisions with the way he's spending his time.
0: Um, he's spending too, he time, he spent to too me, much time pouring through uh, the back of the wall street journal.
1: Um, I, I maybe he should be probably watching game film instead <laughs> of, uh, I, I, I just don't see him as a very prepared player offensively or
0: defensively. When he comes in, and it it kind well, of well, was it Kyrie? Shocking, was sorry, it Kyrie sorry. that made the comment about how they weren't prepared to play against someone because that team didn't have their best players? Was that was no, that the and, Grizz, and, Was and it the I, Grizzlies game they lost? Exactly.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't mean you don't go out and play hard, right? Like they just weren't playing hard. Yeah, uh, you know, and I they, there's some truth to that. It's like when. You see it in the NFL when a uh starting quarterback goes out in the first quarter and then the backup comes in and does really well and then the next week that backup gets killed because they've had a chance to prepare for him. Right. Um you know, you see that and that there's some truth to that, but also you know that that's also a big giant excuse. So <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and ideally I think Irving should be coming off the bench uh, un until he can get more consistent. And, and you looked up some numbers for me uh, over the last uh, about weeks worth of games over the last four games. Kyrie has been abysmal. Yeah. And there's uh, some
0: really interesting uh, factoids here. So let's play potent perceptions because you've already got a beat on yeah. this. So this isn't a typical potent perceptions. I'm not going to, you know, turn the tables on anyone yeah. here, but um yeah. So you, you brought up that you thought over the last about five games, Kyrie's been struggling, especially from shots that you think he normally, uh, they're kind of automatic. So why don't, why don't, let's flip the script. Why don't you play potent perceptions with me? And I'll just, answer, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just answer the question since I have it here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm guaranteed to get it right.
1: So, uh, how is, uh, Kyrie doing, um,
0: inside the arc? over the last uh, four games. Poorly. He's doing poorly from inside the arc and outside the arc. So, do you want to be more specific? Um Um so
1: at at the rim, how's Kyrie doing?
0: Terrible. And <laughs> I I would not have guessed this. Is he this. doing terrible or is he doing terrible? He's doing terrible. And I would not have guessed this. So, if you would have been, been been the producer of potent perceptions and I can pop my peas with this new pea filter that I have on my microphone and it doesn't kill anyone. Uh, I would have guessed that he was doing fine from around the hoop because he's the best below the rim finisher I've ever seen in my life. He, over the last five games, is 10 of 28 at the basket. That's really bad for him. Um, here's what's really shocking. And I'm going to play potent perceptions with you. So he's made 10 field goals in the immediate basket area in the last five games. Guess how many times he's been blocked?
1: Mm, I wanna say five. You are absolutely right. Five. Do you have yeah, a... about once per game because I noticed yeah. it happens like
0: he gets his shot obliterated about once per game lately. Well, he's also getting blocked a lot in general. In fact, in the last mm-hmm. five games, he's been blocked nine times. So about a third for, for every uh for every three shots he makes, he's getting blocked. That's uncharacteristic for him. Um Wow. So not a typical potent perceptions, but I want to play another so, potent perceptions with you. So what about inside
1: the arc, not at the rim, every other location? Okay, well,
0: he's uh he's six of fourteen um from eight to sixteen feet. That not a bad percentage. Forty three percent. He's from that range, that's
1: a decent percentage. He's
0: three of nine from uh mid range from 16 from, to, from 16 to 24 from from Mo Williams
1: two point range
0: yeah yep yep
1: okay and then from 3 he's uh 9 of 35 wow yeah and so uh and and what's his assist to turnover ratio like ooh okay uh well we'll see how well Cause he he was assisting well and not turning the ball he was. over yeah. and in that atlanta game but my opinion is if you're just going to go up and chuck up a brick it's the
0: same thing as a turnover anyway well especially when <laughs> after you chuck up the brick you haphazardly jog just... and you point <laughs> ahead like you got my guy and then you don't pick anyone up and then kyle quiver splashes a three very near where you're standing because the calves are all out of sorts and part of yeah. the reason they're all out of sorts is because their team got a long rebound and and you aren't even trying to hustle back. So I was yeah. I was pretty pretty upset during that sequence. Uh, so yeah, so Kyrie's been blocked nine times in the last five games. So I mean, do you think this is a physical thing? I mean, he's now he's nursing. <laughs> you
1: were gonna look up assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, well, it was
0: we still thought. loading. Okay, his assist to turnover <laughs> ratio is good over his last five games. It's uh, six assists to one point eight turnovers a game.
1: Okay not yeah. not that that's good numbers that's very man, good so. it's a,
0: yeah that's actually that's outstanding so
1: if his shooting picks up you know maybe he can get himself out of this slump yeah and, his
0: shooting's just been horrific yeah. uh, so his, so steals, being blocked, are, steals are down I wanted too. to talk about that yeah i mean this is like i i've not i've not really seen him blocked at the hoop very often in his career uh so yeah so being blocked what i wanted to talk about was our boy tristan thompson um as a shot blocker, as a player not getting his shot blocked. Oh yeah, he's been. I, I also, along
1: with that, just as an aside, he has had some absolutely critical blocks down the stretch, right. in, in big moments over the last uh,
0: couple of weeks. Right. So, so Nate, I'm going to take you back. Well, first, first what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take you back to uh tristan's second year in the nba oh that was a bad year <laughs> yeah, okay wasn't that the year of the losing streak
1: no the losing uh, streak was... was the
0: year after lebron left yeah that so this would be two years after that so this is a 2012 okay. 2013 the dark, the dark ages this is uh deon waiters is a rookie Oof. um and and tyler zeller ragdoll physics engine tyler zeller is a rookie and uh the Cavs passed on Oh my god, like, this draft is so painful. I'm not even gonna get into it. But uh Kawhi Leonard. Oof. Oh Draymond <laughs> Green, no. Oh, they passed on so they they had they took two guys in the second round, and Draymond Green was drafted after that. Yeah. Uh anyway, Tristan Thompson. One of those guys was Jay Crowder and they traded him away. <laughs> oh god, all right, we're done with this. Uh this is this is going to be really nice math. In 2012-2013, Tristan Thompson attempted 799 field goals. So we'll just say he attempted 800 field goals, okay? Mhm. This season to date, Tristan Thompson has attempted exactly 400 field goals. So perfect. So we have a really we have really nice even numbers we could do some comparisons. First, I want you uh well first I'm going to tell you how many times Tristan was blocked in 2012-2013. And then I want you to guess, this is your perception, how many times he's been blocked this season. Okay? So in 2012-2013, Tristan Thompson was blocked 123 times. So 123 blocks, 800 field goal attempts. Okay, And we know that was over 82 games because he's never missed a game. So. well he missed a game he missed a few games his rookie year but yeah. oh okay but this was his second year. sense yeah. okay so okay. 800 attempts 123 blocks this year so far he has half that many attempts he has 400 so if you were to say he was blocked at the same rate you would basically divide 123 by two and you would get like 61 or 62 blocks this season that would be how many he would have if he was getting blocked at the same rate we'll just say 62. So, Nate. Now that you know that. 15. Oh, Nate. 15. That's <laughs> so low. That's okay. real, that's really what you think? 15? I don't know. i you you built it up so I much. know I, I built it I up, but low. I still thought you were going to guess something, you know, like okay, maybe like 20. 30% less or something, not like 20. 90% less. 20. 36. What? It, 36. Okay, that's so he's Much getting better he's getting blocked basically about half as often as he did his second yeah. season in the NBA that's huge I mean that that's like a huge improvement for him Um I know some of that is LeBron but some of it's not some of it's just he he knows how to finish now he knows how to get rebounds in traffic and go back up and finish it's uh He's uh he's become a really valuable player for the Cavs. I know he's still limited, but I just can't imagine a playoff run without him. And maybe it's just because I watch that Hawks game and he always dominates the Hawks. But oh yeah, uh man, I I'm just no he
1: he's he's definitely been earning his
0: money. Yeah, and, um, and I love that he never gets hurt. I mean, I just that's that's yeah, outstanding that you can always count. Once on Once again, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, no, yeah, he's he's been fantastic, and uh, his ability to basically buy the Cavs ex- three or four extra possessions per game has been really a big reason they've been so good this year. So uh, <laughs> when they have been good, he's been a big part of it. So, yeah, uh, Tristan Thompson, I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, and
1: he and LeBron. Yeah, and, and the one knock on him is his uh, – his free throw shooting's really fallen off a cliff lately. I feel like he he's He was uh, I feel like he's one for it. six in that I know. Hawks game, and he's flat. Well, I think he he hadn't gone to the line for a while in a game, and uh, he, he kind of fixed his shot a little bit towards the end. He's a very, very mechanical shooter. And I think uh, he the
0: problem, is, if, I, if I could play the role of Ben Worth right now, I feel like the issue is um, he is mechanical, and when he pauses um, – When he gets in the, the triple threat position at the line, when he pauses and puts his, his wrist underneath the ball and just like holds it for a second, I feel like it ensures that he gets the proper trajectory. And I've noticed lately he's kind of rushing and not really pausing there. He's kind of almost just going all in one fluid motion. And so he has to at the top when the, when the ball's above his head, a lot of times he has to kind of like on the fly compensate for where his wrist is. And that, and like you said, his shots flat very often because he didn't have his wrist underneath the ball. Yeah. But, um, TT is going to be very necessary if the Cavs are to make a deep playoff run. So, um, I have one more back. potent perceptions question okay. and then we can move on because I know this uh, podcast is in danger of getting long in the tooth. Um, so, like I said, Windhorst was talking on Hey Windy about matchups with the Warriors, and basically, the theme of the last two weeks of Hey Windy is basically everything's fine except the defense is terrible, and so I don't know, they got to figure it out. And I know you and Ben had that long podcast about the defense and you talked about things. Well, he talked a little bit about Mike Longabardi and said, apparently the guy's like a genius. He's really well prepared. And the problem is he would come into every uh, video session or practice session or whatever with really detailed breakdowns of exactly what, you know, ch- five chess moves ahead the Cavs were going to do on the pick and roll, depending on which players we're initiating it offensively for the other team. And it sounds like the Cavs just kind of got overwhelmed in the details. And they've since decided like, like a week ago, they decided to kind of scrap it and just go back to, um, uh, you know, default mode basically, which is, I'm guessing they just say switch everything. Or they say in this game, uh, ice everything or in this quarter, you know, they just keep it simple. It's not, it's not, as situational dependent as like this guy on this play it's just let's stick to let's let's keep it basic and so i mean there's something to be said for that i'm sure that um it's easier to execute when it's instinctive versus when you got to overthink it uh and so but then Winters kind of talked about how he thought again he thought maybe bringing love off the bench would be a good thing and uh and he just said i don't know if the Cavs can kind of can do that kind of thing at this point, which is unnerving to me. So for the last potent perception I have in front of me, uh, the Cavs have only one lineup with over a hundred minutes of, of time together that has a defensive rating um, under a hundred and it, it, it's arguably their best lineup statistically this season. So I would like to know if you could name the five players in that lineup. They've played almost 200 minutes together. They have a net rating of 23, which in non-warrior land would be like the best lineup in the league. Um, But the Warriors have things that like double that somehow, which is just total shock and awe to me. But uh, Uh,
1: Non-warrior spur land, because I'm
0: sure the Spurs have. Actually, no, you'd be surprised. The Spurs do not have a death lineup they're just so solid. Like they're five, from top to bottom. Yeah. Like they have five bench players that you're like, Oh, I didn't even know he was on their team. And they have a defensive rating under a hundred. Like they're okay. just, it's very interesting. The, the, the Warriors have basically any lineup with Curry green and Thompson. And then you go kind of, you add smallish shooters to that lineup. Just eviscerates everything. Uh, the Spurs, their best lineup is kind of who you would think it's their best players. It's Duncan Aldridge, uh Leonard. I I don't know. I'll get into it, but I wanna see if you <laughs> okay. can I wanna see if you can name the best the Cavs best line okay. like by so. So we've
1: got Delhi. Correct. Um LeBron, obviously. Correct. Um I'm gonna go Tristan Thompson. Correct. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Kevin Love. Correct. Oh, my gosh. You only got one more. I think
0: you can do it, Nate. Um, I'm
1: going to go J.R. Smith.
0: Oh, you got it. I thought you were going to say Schumpert. You got it. No, Shumpert's been
1: really poor for most of the year. He's really only come on the last week well or so. Well done,
0: Nate. I am impressed. You got it. Well,
1: part of it was you and Ben going through all those lineups from last week. I oh, knew Harry. that Delhi and, and Love were listened. in
0: eight of the Cavs' ten best lineups. So. Yeah, that is the Cavs' best lineup. And their defensive rating... Is uh, under ninety seven. That is like elite, and their offensive rating is one twenty, which is like that's like also elite. That's also elite for a net a net rating. So my opinion is
1: that should, um, as much as I like Tristan, that should probably be the starting
0: lineup some games, especially against smaller size centers. I, I think that's the best lineup the Cavs have right now, and I think if you it started, is. if you played those guys the bulk of the minutes. Um, well, by the way, that's the team that won the game tonight for the Cavs against mm-hmm. uh, a a scrappy Hornets team that's vying for playoff seating. Um, yeah, and, and I think and Kevin you, Love really nice game tonight, especially working out
1: of the corners. Uh, did a really nice triple threat shoot drive and pass out of the corners and was the best I'd seen him play out of the corners all game. He, he was really good now for all season. When I so, when yeah, I look at really this,
0: good. when I look at this lineup, um, it's pretty obvious. Deli is going to be running the point. LeBron is going to be pick and rolling with Deli and playing off ball. Um, Love, you know, t- is going to split between um, flaring for three. He took a lot of threes tonight mm-hmm. and also um, getting that weak side p- entry pass uh where he works out of it and usually he kicks out and finds jr smith or someone else right. and then you got tristan cleaning up the boards so this team um is the Cavs' best lineup for getting offensive rebounds and that's no surprise to me given how good tt is at offensive rebounds well they got
1: four really good rebounders for they their they got position. four
0: good rebounders for their position you're right um and, 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 that, and this team jr smith is not a bad rebounder per se. Here's the best thing about this team. In 200 minutes, their turnover ratio is under 10%. That is like amazing. Uh, you know, a team's turnover ratio is going to fluctuate between like 15 and 18%. It's like half that. So this team wow. doesn't turn the ball over. Their assist to turnover ratio is almost 3, so they move the ball really well. Um and they 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 play lockdown defense somehow. So, yeah. Uh I would like to know if you can guess some of the other uh, lineups around the league that are oh, just that are just like that that have a incredible defensive rating. So I'm going to limit it to it's got to be below 97, like the Cavs. That one's oh, 96.9, wow. but it's below 97. But it's at least a net rating of 20. So it's a team that is defensively elite but still offensively elite. You're talking about a five man unit. Yeah. And so I'll give you the team uh, and see, see, see see how well, (laughs) see how well you can do. Um, So uh, the Clippers have a, have a lineup that is like this. It's got a, it's got an incredible, the second best defensive rating in the league at 85.5. And their offense is still pretty good. And they have a, you got Chris Paul and Deandre
1: Jordan. That's an obvious, that's correct. Uh, then you've got, this is where it gets uh, a little hard. Uh, in Yes. Nice.
0: Yeah. Prince. Well, prince that guy, the is prince a, a defense, <laughs> he's a savant you know, with army knife. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, uh, a guy that came out of college as a pure shooter. Oh, JJ Reddick. Yeah. Yep. No,
1: that's who I was going to guess. Uh, who's, who's a good system defender. And yep. then I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Austin Rivers. No, it's a Wesley nope. Johnson. Wesley Johnson. So, Oh, wow. Okay, so, yeah. that's, so that's a really... I didn't even have him. Like, I had my list of the Clippers
0: roster, and he was all the way at the end. I had to scroll to the right. <laughs> um, okay, now the Hawks have a team that is actually the best defense in the entire NBA uh, with over 100 minutes. And their net rating is 19. See if you can, and we just played the Hawks. Let's so see if you can guess this okay. five-man uh, unit. Can
1: I? I can I ask for a cheat? Yes. Is Tiago splitter in this lineup? No. Okay. Well, because he's he's out. So yeah, for the rest of the year. Okay. Uh, let's
0: go with uh, okay, guard. With Sh- Are you going with Schrader? Schroeder? Yep. Yeah.
1: Schroeder, yep. um, Baysmore.
0: No, surprisingly not. I was shocked at this. Yeah, it's a guy that doesn't play any defense whatsoever is the shooting guard in this lineup. Yeah, Millsap No Horford. No Millsap. No. Al Horford Horford is in there. Okay, Cephalosha. Yep, and then the other two guys, there's like no way you'll guess this. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.? Okay, you guessed that one, but there's no way I'll guess this (laughs) one.
1: (laughs) Uh, Mike Scott.
0: Yeah, are you lo- are you cheating? Are you? Starting? No, I'm
1: not cheating. Wow, I'm looking at their roster and yeah, I know you're not cheating because you don't know
0: how to. You don't have my password. You don't know how to get to this right. Site. I don't have your password. Okay, all right, that's and, good. And I
1: and I had two strikes
0: before I before yeah. I came. All right, so no, well, Mike Scott's a good defender. I'm gonna and... leave. I'm gonna leave the Warriors out of this. Um, yeah, here's the next one. It's uh, it's on the Trailblazers. They have a net rating of twenty. And their defensive rating is um, 93.5, which is really good. And they've played over 200 minutes together. This is okay. the Trailblazers' death lineup.
1: Okay, we got McCollum. Yep. Uh, Alfari Minu.
0: Yes, very
1: nice. Uh, another defensive Swiss Army knife. Yes, he is. Uh, Ed Davis.
0: No, I was surprised at no that. Oh, Ed Davis. Okay, yeah. Myers Leonard. Nope.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't know why. Mason Plumley. Yeah, I was going to say
0: he's not. Okay. Yep, Mason Plumley. And then um, you need come on, you're not gonna put you're not gonna put Lillard in there. I think Ben Worth has completely biased your opinion of Lillard. I'm
1: not putting Lillard in there.
0: He's in there. Okay. Uh
1: and then the last one, uh Moharkless. That's correct, Nate. Wow. Okay.
0: Man, you are on top of this. Okay. I I I, I am pretty good at scouting guys. <laughs> okay. Uh the Clippers have another uh really good uh defensive lineup. Net rating of twenty. Um with some different characters in it. So okay. let's see if you can get DeAndre. Yep.
1: Okay, DeAndre's the anchor there. I mean. Yeah. Uh then you've got Chris Paul? Yep. Okay. Uh let's put uh let's try Austin Rivers again. No. No, I don't know why I'm doing that. I don't I, either. I, I'm throwing <laughs> Doc a bone.
0: <laughs> yeah, you are.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh Mbad Mute? Nope. Okay. Um Blake?
0: Yeah, Blake. Okay. You got okay, two, you so got yeah, the two wing, wing You got the two wing players now. I
1: have two wing players left. Yep. Okay, uh Reddick? Yep. And Wes Johnson? No. Paul Pierce? Nope. Uh,
0: if if you say Jeff Green. I'll give you a I'll give you a hint. Q-tip. Pablo? Q-tip. Q-tip. What do you do with Robinson. a Q-tip? What do you do with a Q-tip? I don't know. Just tell me. You clean out your ears. It's Lance Stevenson.
1: Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't have him on my list. All right, we got to
0: go more quickly. Who is the Celtics' death lineup? Oh, uh, Celtics' death lineup. Um, Defensively? Well, defensively, but they have a net rating better than okay. 20. Okay. Okay. Marcus Smart. Yes. Uh, Avery Bradley. Yes. Jay Crowder. No. Shockingly, no. Okay.
1: Uh, Evan Turner. Yes. Um. Two white guys. What? Big hint. I, I was just going to go Tyler Zeller. <laughs> no,
0: not Zeller. Not Zeller. <laughs> wow. Kelly yeah. Olenek. Yep. And who else? Uh, Jonas Jarebko. That's correct. Nate. Wow. And that's all we have. Those are all yeah, of Brett Stevens is. Those are all of the other than the Warriors. Brett have Stevens like, can turn that into a death lineup. he's, yeah. a,
1: he's a genius. Well,
0: other than like the four Warriors death lineups, which the, the 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 actual death lineup for the Warriors has a net rating of fifty, which is so absurd to me. <laughs> that's that. That's a thing. But yeah. Harrison Barnes, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Agua, Andre Iguodala, and Clay Thompson has a defensive rating of 95 which is elite but they have an offensive rating of 145 I don't even know what to do with that their true shooting percentage is 77% I don't even know what to yeah. do with that Nate I don't even yeah. that is Deandre Jordan alone in a gym true shooting percentage um yeah. but anyway those are all of the death lineups so the Cavs have one we went over it uh the Warriors have like four the Celtics have one. I,
1: I don't really buy that Celtics lineup because I feel like that is a bench lineup. A lot of times, that's not a mainline lineup. So that well, that that lineup's playing bench units a lot. They've played 127 minutes. You could be right. Um, the lineup in here. I mean, and and not that that's not legit because all the points count. It's just and that's great coaching if you figure out a way to get that kind of production out of your bench.
0: Right now, the two well, there's there's three lineups in here that have over. Uh, 500 minutes that are not death lineups but they're good lineups and it's uh, the Warriors have one it's their starting lineup has over 500 minutes and has a sub 97 defensive rating um, the uh, Spurs starting lineup oh, has yeah. 665 minutes and their defensive rating is 95 which is really good and then, uh, where was the other one? Oh, actually, this one actually cracked me up. I couldn't believe it. Um, the Thunder. The Thunder's starting lineup. Okay, oh. With with St. Weirdo. No, 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 no. St. Weirdo comes off the bench. Their starting oh, lineup, realize. Russell Westbrook, Andre Roberson. Uh, oh, yeah, Roberson. Durant, really Ibaka, friend. Steven Adams. That lineup is No, actually, played... that makes sense because –
1: I mean, Durant's the worst defender in that lineup. That lineup
0: has played almost 800 minutes, has a net rating of 17, and is a defensive juggernaut. They have a they have a defensive rating of 96, and they're a terrible defensive team, Nate. They're like bottom half of the league. Such a train wreck, dude. That blew my mind. How could your How could a 800 minute starting lineup that has a defensive rating of 96? I'm going to look it up. But well, part of the reason is they don't play Roberson enough. Well, the Thunder's team defensive rating is in the bottom half of the league, I believe.
1: No, they they actually close games with uh, with on Waiters a lot, which is you know makes stunningly not a lot of
0: stuff. to do. Yeah, but I was blown um, away by that because I was looking through the Thunder and I was like, wow, the Thunder are like when we talk about the bad version of the Cavs, the Thunder are like. The Cavsiest version of that, a really good <laughs> offensive team that has these weird droughts and just is a terrible defensive team and then I saw well, that they are starting line they are the worst good. bench of any good team in the league, yeah but man that that was shocking to me, okay, so that was like a hour long potent perceptions, I think, but uh we got no, through, it we got not through an hour it. long we got through it, but so we did uh. What else do you want to talk about? I mean, we talked so, about we 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 piled on I, Kyrie. I, I I I
1: will I do have to say um I'm I'm going to do a little potent perceptions with you. Oh, okay. Um and it's going to be name
0: this guy and name the season. Okay, really okay? quickly, the Thunder's team The Thunder's team defensive rating is 103 Uh, and if I sort by defensive rating, which I will uh, they are okay, they're not bottom half the league 11, 12 they're 12th, the Cavs are 10th, so Thunder are 12th in the NBA in defensive rating and they're starting 5 if they just played the whole game would be the second best defense in the league behind the Spurs that's crazy the thunder if they don't ever play their bench in the playoffs could actually be a really interesting team but go ahead now it's your turn to to potent perception me <laughs> okay actually um so
1: if i gave you a guess of what kevin loves um three point percentage over the last five games was, what What would you tell me it was? Um,
0: well, I know he did well today. Are you including today's game? I am including today's game. Okay. His percentage. Um, I'd say like 35%.
1: Over the last five games, he is averaging 3.6 makes
0: on eight shots a game from three for 45%. Wow, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, he's
1: been very, very good.
0: Well, that's good because uh, he was the last. I feel like the last time we had a podcast, he was really in a slump. <laughs> he was he he has had a very good week. Um,
1: the his field goal percentage um, above or below 500?
0: Uh, I'd say below. No, you you'd be wrong. Wow, so he's scoring in the paint too. Yeah, or it, it actually, age.
1: you were going to be wrong on both counts Yeah, because it was actually 500.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's actually 50%. <laughs> well, I know, is I, your question. Yeah, I mean, I just thought if he's shooting that many threes, I haven't really been seeing him convert a lot in the post, um, but mm-hmm. that's good. Now that said, okay. I just had a baby, so I haven't really watched much the last five okay, games.
1: Okay, so uh, Kevin Love's free throw percentage above or below 80%? Below. I know it's below. Yes, yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him miss a bunch lately. He's been missing a bunch lately. Yeah. So, but I, I, I get the feeling what might have happened is he changed your trajectory on a shot to get more arc, like we've been talking about, and it's kind of messed him up at the line a little bit, which yeah. I'm okay with because he can adjust.
0: Well, I feel like LeBron has been shooting better from the free throw line lately. So, which is higher
1: over? The last week, uh, last five games for Kevin Love, assists or turnovers? Assists, definitely. Yeah, 2.4 assists, two turnovers a game. So. Oh, wow, two turnovers a game is kind of high. Yeah. For, for only 2.4 yeah. no, assists. No, yeah, but, yeah okay. he's, he's – well, you got to look at the whole output. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then rebounding per game above or below nine.
0: I'm gonna go below. I feel like he hasn't been getting his nine point six
1: rebounds a game. Ah oh, man, he's been solid. He's been solid. Twenty points, nine point six rebounds a game. So Kevin Love had a very good week. Yeah, um, that's good. A, and that and those numbers are only in thirty one minutes. Oh, well, that's uh, really which good. is very good. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's outstanding. Um, so now, you, know so been, who, you know who's been you know who's been struggling Love. with his shot lately is actually Deli.
1: Uh, yeah, the last couple, uh,
0: like last month and a half, maybe he's especially been
1: struggling. inside the arc. Yeah, uh, he's still good catch and shoot three point shooter. Right. Um, Those were his two makes tonight. But inside the arc, he's been really hesitant, hasn't wanted to, to shoot that floater Uh, tonight. He passed up a wide open layup. I, I want to see the deli that at the beginning of the season went coast to coast and finished with his left hand. I,
0: I want to. Well, he did finish a funky layup um, against the Hawks where he mm-hmm. went left, but he doesn't really have a left hand. So at the last second, he like contorted his body. Yeah. And it was all twisted and kind of threw in a right-handed layup from the left side that was contested. And it was, it was wild. It went in though. It was a good vine. I like deli vines. Oh, there's nothing like a deli vine. <laughs> so like I, deli
1: vine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a potent perception right. on, uh, on LeBron James. Okay. Bring it on. Uh, over the last, I guess it would be the last four games. Okay. Let me let me see if I can expand this out a little bit. Yeah, let's do the last five games. Uh, hold on one second.
0: Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, while you're doing <laughs> that, um, LeBron is playing the best basketball. I have witnessed him play since he was in a Cavs uniform the first time. And I'm not saying yeah. he didn't play better at times in Miami. I just didn't watch him that often. In fact, I purposely didn't watch him unless there was like five minutes left and they were down double digits, and I was pretty sure they were going to lose. That was really the only time I ever tuned in to the Heatles, um, because I couldn't handle the trauma of them winning, and <laughs> I loved to goat when they would lose. So, uh, now, like yeah, I said, the athleticism
1: he, has been—it's it, been
0: off the charts on display. That yeah. that oop he finished from J.R. Smith. It just blew me away. Did you see that in the Atlanta game where J.R. threw it, like, way off? I missed that one. I oh, really, my I gosh. I need to go back and watch it. Yeah. Uh, read my recap. I think I put it in there in a vine. It was just stupid. Like, how he, one, had the athleticism to even get to that ball, but then to have the touch to, like, caress it in with his left hand. While caress it. Yeah, it was crazy. He's going full speed. He jumps. The ball's way behind him, and with one hand, his off hand, he not only collects it but he lays it in off the glass. It was just outrageous, outrageous. Yeah, I, no, I don't feel like I don't feel like Jr. has given him a decent lob yet this year. He's given him like ten lobs that are all terrible, and LeBron keeps finding ways to convert somehow. No, he's given him the off the glass lob. That wasn't bad. He probably didn't mean to do it off the glass. I mean, that's how bad it's been. He had the one where he almost missed the whole hoop. Do you remember that one? He threw it, and it went, like, way upper left side of the backboard. Like, it almost missed the entire hoop. And LeBron still got it. Was that the Was that the one he caught, jumped off the wrong leg and caught yes, with the left yes, hand? Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, LeBron over... Let's see. Uh, okay, so... I'm trying. It's not working. You can do it, Nate. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Why don't you ask uh, me The, the other question? thing I want to talk about while I'll we're I'll answer setting it this up, then I'll look it up. <laughs> uh while, I, while we're setting this up. Um your impressions of Tyron Lue over the last uh week cuz I feel like off the court Tyron lue has been fantastic. You know, quietly took over the defense from Mike Longabardi. Mm-hmm. Um had to sit down with LeBron and LeBron has been a much better leader and a much less of a distraction off the court. Yeah. Um, since that happened, uh, I thought he was a train wreck in that Atlanta game. I did too. And,
0: uh, not you know, a train I, wreck. I get, but just, uh, just some, I, I just did not agree. It, well, it's one of those things, right? So if you're of the mind that, he was making these decisions purposefully for a reason, then everything he did kind of follows that logic train. So even if you're not like doing results-based analysis, your your idea is that, yes, he should have been playing Kyrie... The entire fourth quarter, and he should have even have him out there for defense because you gotta let you know you gotta have your best player work through his struggles. If you believe that, you gotta then, dance with the girl that brung you right. Then then you <laughs> think he did fantastic because he did all of those things. If you're like yeah. me and you think he really wants to win this game because he's playing LeBron a ton of minutes, and LeBron really wants to play the, win this game, and you want as a team you want to win this game, you don't want the Raptors making up a game on you. Uh, the Hawks have been playing really well, so it's a chance to kind of make a statement. Um, you want to win. And they were making a lot of decisions that indicated they wanted to win. They didn't bring Mozgov back in, for one example. So, to me, there was enough going on to signal that they really wanted to get the W. And so, uh, playing Kyrie as much as they did in the fourth quarter, despite how badly he was struggling, was puzzling to me. And the decision that out of a timeout... Um, in an end-of-game situation, when they still had a timeout left, they had Kyrie on the court, it didn't end up mattering because um, Shumpert switched on to Teague and, and kind of forced him to lose the ball. But just the fact that he was out there in that situation... Um, and and I, I understand Kyrie's made some strips and some things like that in late-game situations, so you could you could use that as a counter-argument to me. I just thought, given... I watched the game... And Kyrie's body language, everything about his play was just putrid. And I just thought that he was the wrong guy to have out there in that situation.
1: No, I, I agree with you. Um, now, that being said, I, I have liked the tone uh, over the last three games. Uh, the, the energy level has been, you know, solid.
0: Uh, I agree. You know, I, actually- I mean, I think even you were saying it was almost – in a way, it was almost weird because the games they lost, it felt like they were really trying to win. So on one hand, we couldn't really get on them about being lackadaisical. But on the other hand, it was kind of like, so what does this say about them if they're trying right. to win and they're and they're still coming up short every now and then? Right. So I got LeBron's last five games up on my screen. What was the question? Well, there you go. What was the question to you it. wanted? What, what did you want oh. to know?
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you the question – and and you can't look before you answer, right. and then you then you got to look at the stat. All right. Okay. So what is higher over his last five games, uh, rebounds or assists? Assists.
0: Oh, what's the number? Uh, wow, it's really close, actually. Uh, nine point six assists per game and nine rebounds per game. Which is those yeah. are stupid numbers, by the way. Yeah. Um, especially since he's not even playing forty minutes. He's playing thirty-seven minutes a game, and he's doing that right um, outstanding.
1: yeah um and what his
0: turnover numbers uh four kind of high
1: yeah but with, his usage is with high kind of u- usage uh, yeah that's okay. still a i'm okay with a, a turnover yeah i'm ratio okay with, with a two to over one two. turnover yep i'm okay yeah. with that especially given that usage yep um number of free throw or number of three-point attempts
0: um, I know it's low because I saw him take uh, a three or two in the third quarter of that Atlanta game when they were wetting the bed. And I at that time, I thought, now what's he doing? He, I, he's been not doing this the last couple games. And I looked up like the last month. And over the last month, his threes were way down. So I'm assuming they were way down over those last five games. So I'm going to guess. Uh, like just a uh, shed under three a game, and the answer is wow, two two point oh a game,
1: and yeah, he's no, ma- and he's making down.
0: he's making forty percent of those by the way,
1: yeah, over the last five games, and that includes a one for five
0: stretch at Atlanta. Yeah, okay, LeBron has just been unbelievable the last. I, I want to go back even a little further. He's shooting sixty percent from the field, twenty eight points nine-and-a-half assists, nine rebounds, two steals, yeah. uh, plus-minus <laughs> but of But if you really want to be sick, go look and see
1: what LeBron's shooting at the rim. Oh, God. LeBron I'm, at the rim is, is – he gets those guys in those one-on-one situations uh, in transition, and he is as unguardable as anybody I've ever seen in those situations.
0: Yeah. I'm telling you. And this stuff I'm seeing lately where he's um, – playing off the ball and, and cutting hard and C curls and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah,
1: no. And, and props to Lou, uh, for getting him to buy into that.
0: Even over his last 10 games, LeBron, his minutes are down, which is good. That's good on Lou. Keeping his minutes down over his last 10 games. He's playing 35 minutes a game. He's shooting 56% from the field. Um, yeah, He's taking less than three, threes a game, eight and a half rebounds, eight assists, one and a half steals, twenty seven points, plus minus of eight. What's interesting is that he's been completely dominant at home, and he's been mm-hmm. like pretty good on the road. <laughs> yeah, so um
1: yeah and and that includes some some back- to backs in there. Uh, yeah. Which we all know it's a it's a not they're not as good on on the back end of back to backs, but what I fully expect to see happen is when they get to their magic number is three, uh, three more wins, three a combination of three wins and three Toronto losses, and they've got the second seed locked up. I think you will see LeBron get a lot of rest. Uh, uh, oh yeah, definitely. Well, and I think. So-
0: I think honestly, I think that's part think, of the motivation for playing in longer minutes. I think Kevin Love right should now. get some rest too. Personally, he plays. I, I, he plays a lot better when he gets more rest. I I think so too. <laughs> he but maybe he needs the cardio.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so the last, uh, the last kind of thing I wanted to talk about, uh, was is is something of a more
0: personal nature. Oh, please tell me we're gonna do this. Oh, absolutely! Oh, so, I'm so excited for this. So, so Tom and I. <laughs> oh man, uh, this podcast have, right now—I've been recording for an hour and 27 minutes. I think we might have to double. This might be our first three-hour podcast, mate. No, no,
1: no. We we're gonna go through these stories quickly. So, Tom and I have had a recent, or in the last year, year or so uh, experience. I had. You ever see the movie Tin Men? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it is about unscrupulous uh insurance signing salesman uh (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm trying to remember who's in it it is uh kevin costner uh danny devito and uh richard dreyfus
0: (laughs) no you're thinking tin cup oh yeah i'm thinking tin cup (laughs) what are you thinking of tin men i i've not seen tin men Oh yeah, it's a, it's
1: about uh unscrupulous uh door-to-door aluminum
0: aluminum siding, siding, siding salesmen. Okay. In, a minor the, a, a, the the IMDb plot summary is a minor car accident drives two rival aluminum siding salesmen to the ridiculous extremes of man versus man. Yes. And it takes place so, in the 60s in Baltimore.
1: Yeah. Uh aluminum siding salesmen's uh notoriously unscrupulous. So I had a very bad experience uh with a window salesman. Uh my wife went and signed up, and I'm not gonna name the company, uh, went and signed up at at a home show to get a window estimate, and the fellow came in and literally was there was at my house for three and a half hours, um trying to sell me windows and he even came in and he shined the light through the window to show me how it blocks the heat and measured every window and every conversation was the, the sales comp- the, Oh, how are your kids? You blah, blah, blah. You know, just yeah. kissing my butt for three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's like, and then was like, well, this is the price, and I can't believe I'm giving you a price this low. They never let me do this. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get fired if, for this. <laughs> if, if you call this in, uh, they'll give it to somebody else because they won't let me sell it.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> and, and this is the one-time moment. So I actually signed a contract. Oh! To get, and, and, and at the time, I was like, oh, this is probably a pretty good deal. No. And then I looked it up. And it was like 30% over what a good price on windows would be like, even like this top of the line windows, it was like 20% over that. And I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. And I, and thank God for Ohio lemon laws. I was just able to to cancel the contract, but um, it was, it was just a nightmare. And I was so ticked off the next morning. It was like, I just want the last three and a half hours of my life back. So I told Tom the story and, tom uh retorted with a similar story of his own that he's going to share now
0: yeah so uh well i i for one i get very nervous when people come like door to door i i don't know why i just uh something about it it's like okay well they know where i live and if i'm really mean like are they gonna are they gonna tp my house are they gonna do something worse like what you know um so it's unsettling to me when people both know where I live and I need to tell them basically like I'm just not interested whatsoever whether it's like trying to sell me something or like some kind of sort of like and it's so easy on the phone it's like I'm not interested take me off your calling list that's all I ever say right right but I mean they know this they know that you know internet stuff we can ignore phone stuff we can ignore just not answer everyone has caller id now um, uh, we can even, I, I can, with Verizon, I can put people on like a list that if they try calling my number, they don't get, it, it's like call, you know, it's like number doesn't exist, you know? Um, so people come door to door. So I've had, like, I had a situation, Nate, I'm not kidding you. Years ago, where a really, really, really high pressure, like magazine salesman, you know?
1: It's like <laughs> a guy
0: that's like, I used to be on crack, you know. <laughs> was it was it literally Orlando Jones? No, but it was like that. And I mean, I I like the guy. Like, he was a cool guy. I want nothing to do with magazines. I don't. I mean, I just don't. I really want nothing. I don't read them. What What am I gonna do with thirty copies of Vibe? Yeah, I, I just don't. But this guy was so high pressure that I actually just paid him to leave. <laughs> I was just like, I will give you twenty dollars and just just. Leave. Like, I mean, I just like, I just don't like pretend I ordered a magazine, but don't put, I don't want one. Like, I don't want to go through the hassle of having to cancel this, but you seem like a nice person. You know, seems like you're trying to like do the right thing. And, you know, here's 20 bucks and the guy just like left. And I, I, so anyway, so I had a, I had a guy, uh, come to my, come to my door and he was, he was so atypical for a salesman. He was really relaxed. He didn't like ask to come in. I didn't even know what he was doing. And he was just like, oh, hey, I'm just in the neighborhood this week. Um, you know, I work for this company. We make gutters. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know if you were possibly interested uh, in, in new gutters. And, you know, if you are, just want to know if you wanted to chat. And I, I was like, no, I don't. And I was like shutting the door and he just kind of smiled. and was like, okay, you know, thanks. Have a nice day. And he started to walk away. And I was so caught off guard by that, that I actually went after him. I actually opened the door. And I was like, well, hold on a minute. You know, like, wait, you mean you're not going <laughs> to like, you're not going to like put your foot in my door and like, but wait, like he was so just like, I don't need your business. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just walking around like, whatever, man. It's a nice day. <laughs> I'm enjoying the exercise. You can slam the door in my face. So I just start talking to this guy. And I do have some gutter issues, Nate. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, so I just start talking to him about gutters. We're not talking about pricing or anything. I'm just, chill, I'm just walking around my house. Well, then I got this thing, and so then I built this rain barrel, but now my wife thinks I'm causing mosquitoes, <laughs> but I don't ever get bit by mosquitoes, but she does, and she says it's because of her <laughs> blood type, and she says, me I got to get that out of here, but I don't know what to do, because if I get it out of here, the water puddles up, and then if it puddles up, it goes into my crawl space, and you see how I got a problem, my man, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, well, <laughs> he's like, well, I'll tell you what, he's like, you know what? He was like, do you play Rocket League? <laughs> I was not yet into Rocket League. This was before that. This was early in this the was, summer. This was uh, PRL, pre Rocket League. Pre Rocket League. Yeah. So he's uh, so he's still he's still not trying. He's playing hard to get, Nate. He's still not trying to sell me anything. And so finally, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm really interested. And I'm like, is it a free estimate? He's like, oh yeah, of course, it's a free estimate. And I'm like, okay. Well, I'm like, you know what? Put my name down on your list there. And here's my number. And he's like, okay, great. He's like, well, you know what? corporate, uh, well then he's like, Oh, we're an Ohio company. I'm like, Oh, hell yeah. Oh you know? And he's like, well, we'll put <laughs> you, we'll put you down and someone will give you a call. And, uh, and, and we'll have someone come out and give you a free estimate. And I'm sure that you can bring And he goes, and you know what, I'm going to make a note of all these issues you've talked about. I'm going to bring that up so that they make sure to note that, uh, you know how you're thinking maybe moving this down spot to a different side and how the price would be different. I'll make sure they have all that. So they're prepared when they come talk to you. So I was like, my man, like keep in touch, you know, (laughs) Uh, he, he, he was apparently from, I like, he was from Indianapolis or something. So I don't know what he was doing, but, uh, so lo and behold, like two days later, I get a call saying, you know, we, we, we understand you're, you're, you want a free estimate. I said, yeah. So I said, okay, we're going to send someone by how did? and they were trying to work out times with me and they did, they worked out. I don't know. It was like Tuesday at six. I said, that'll work. So, Tuesday at 6 rolls around. No one's here. Uh, about 6.15, I get a call from the company saying, there's a massive traffic jam. Uh, she'll be about an hour late. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for telling me or whatever. Um, and I was glad that they took the time to let me know that. So, now, instead of getting there at 6, she gets there at like 7.30. And this woman is like the polar opposite of this nice young man that can't – I mean, she – she was like a clown. Like she showed up and I thought she was gonna, like there was gonna be like eight other people in that car. It was like a circus. She's got duffel bags. She's got, I'm like, <laughs> what, I'm like, what is going on with all this stuff? Like you're just here to talk to me about gutters. She brings out like three huge duffel bags. Uh, I, I, I didn't think we were gonna sit down or anything. She says, well, where's a good place for us all to sit down? So we sit down. Now mind you, I have two children, in, including a one and a half year old. It's way – it's like getting close to their bedtime because it's like 730. I kid you not, Nate. She talked to us for over two hours, and I could not interrupt her. She started by going through the history of gutters. (laughs) Gutters were first invented in ancient Rome, and, and I'm just like, is this a joke? I'm like looking at my wife. So I'm very skeptical. My wife is like, she was like a fish. She was like, it was like hook, line, and sinker. She's like getting so into this, and so you mean the whole,
1: I'm not going to have to have a rain barrel anymore.
0: Um, yeah, right, right. So we're sitting here, and I start, I start realizing right away that this whole presentation is all just price biasing, right? She's just trying to get like potent perceptions. She's trying to create a perception in us so that when she gives us the offer. It seems like overwhelmingly good because now our bias has been so skewed by what she's doing. So she's going into not only the history of gutters, but like, let's go through. I'm not kidding, Nate. There were 10 different types of gutters and she had like little samples of all of them in these three duffel bags of hers. And she would bring them out and she would say like, who invented them? And then she would make up some price that I did not believe any of it. (laughs) But my wife did. And so then, by about the sixth gutter, she stopped giving me prices. But at this point, it was clear that like the first five were going to run me thousands for my little brick ranch house, right? And I'm sitting here thinking like I feel like I could do this myself for like under a thousand bucks, but whatever. So we're now in the like three thousand. What are you bonded, Tom? No, but we're now in, like, the (laughs) $3,000 range. And then she starts getting into, like, the high-tech stuff, like the post-Silicon Valley, like, gutter inventions, you know? And so she's, like, showing me this gutter. And this company down south has made these, a gutter guard, you know? And they're really popular. You've seen them on TV and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But she doesn't tell me what the price is. But then she tells me everything wrong with gutter guard. And then she goes, so some other company... You know, this is the same thing I went through with Windows. Yeah, so then it was like this company like, improved. Whatever you do,
1: don't buy Windows from them. Buy it from these guys. These
0: are the same Windows we sell. They won't give you good as prices as we will. Right, but. Don't, don't buy from these other guys. Well, cars. then it was like, but here's this flaw in gutter guard, And so people start having these problems. So then this company came in and they fixed this problem. And now they added this little lip here. So now you never had this problem again. And it was like pretty good. But the problem was, and then it was like, now we're going up another <laughs> level in technology. She did this four more times. So now she's at number nine. This gutter nine. is like going to do. Had
1: nine different gutters.
0: She had ten. <laughs> this number nine gutter was literally like gutter bot 9,000. That was going to like be <laughs> my friend. I mean, this thing did everything. And she's like, but we've even improved upon that by streamlining it. So you can snap them on and we, and we give you warranties and their lifetime. Warranty. And it was just like, I'm sitting here thinking lady, I bought this house as a foreclosure. If you walked within 500 feet of the house, you had a small seizure because of the smell of pet urine. I am not interested (laughs) in these gutters that you're talking about that are going to be worth more than my house. I'm sure when you finally get to the price. So finally, after all of this, my kids are screaming, Nate, and she's just (laughs) sitting here. Like, I'm sure you just want to keep talking to me. I finally was like, Mel, like we got to do something about the girls. So, She she gets out these sheets of paper. It was like a kid's game. And she was like, I want you to write down what you think these, like, five gutters cost, like, for your size square foot house. And on the sheet is, like, what the first five, which are all really crappy, of course, cost. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen here. I'm supposed to, like, incrementally raise my price, you know, in this kind of linear way. And get to some number that's gonna be around like 10 grand and then she's gonna tell me it's like only 8 grand or something. And that's exactly what happened. And so what I did, (laughs) what I did, Nate, was I purposely went low. And so I just kept them like, I, I let them plateau at like 2,500 and for the last two I made them like 3,000 and like (laughs) 3,500. Well, my wife, I think she put like $15,000 or something so outrageous. I was like, I could buy a space shuttle for that. Like, What are you doing? So she totally got owned. I just sent her inside. I was like, you know what? I was like, honey, I think the girls need to go to bed. I'll finish up here. With... You guys were outside the whole time? We were outside. It was a nice night, but yeah. So, but Who was it's... watching the kids? That's what I'm saying. They were like climbing on me. I'm sitting in this folding chair. They're like climbing all over me. Oh so, geez. so, so finally it's just me and this woman actually before Melanie went inside, uh, she gives us the answers and she looks at me and laughs and goes, Oh honey, like you didn't get a third of your house done for this price. And she sees Melanie's like outrageous over 10,000. She's like, actually it's only $8,800. Right. And I knew she was going to land about that spot. I could tell that's where she was going to wind up. So I just, <laughs> I just told her, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, I didn't spend that much on my, you know, HVAC system that we just got. It's just like, you know, it looks like a great gutter, but you know, no thanks. <laughs> so then she starts phoning a friend. Nate. She calls some <laughs> dude named Bob and is like, Bob, I got Tom here. Uh, you know, he's really interested, but uh, it's a little bit out of his range. Hey, 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 are, are you Are you sure this is an actual person? I'm not like... sure. I'm not sure. But she acted like she was talking to someone, and she's like, All right, Bob. All right, Bob. You'll we'll call me you right back. All right. All right. Thanks, Bob. And she goes, all right, I talked to Bob. He's going to see what he can do. And so like a minute later, someone does call and she answers and she's like starts, she, she won't say, she won't repeat anything to him. Like, oh, okay. So like six grand. Like she's just like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Thanks, Bob. All right. I'll, I'll let you know. And she hangs up and then she writes down a number. Yeah, and you know who was actually calling her back.
1: It was actually the gutter <laughs> bot 9000. <000. laughs>
0: So anyway, she, holds, she writes it down on a piece of paper in this real dramatic way, like, turns it really slowly. It's like, what if I could do this for you? And my <laughs> wife's like, oh, you know, like, I can't believe it. We could get, we can get these gutters for only 6000 And I'm like, uh, yeah. And so at this point, I just wanted to leave. And so I'm like, well, you know, I appreciate it. Why don't you just leave the quote with me? And, uh, you know, I'll call if I'm interested. And it's like oh no no and that's called a first sit sell (laughs) it's like oh no 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 it's like oh no no i can't do that this price is only good right now and i'm like oh well i never buy stuff like that so even if you were going to give me this whole thing for like 500 bucks i would still have to call you back tomorrow and she was just so so she called bob again and she's like it was unbelievable so at this point my wife goes inside this happened two more times where she called bob And finally I just looked at her and I was like real straight with her. I'm like, you know, you're, you're real nice and I appreciate your company. I really like the guy that came out and I like that you guys called to let me know you're going to be late and you know, you're real pleasant and everything that's been really informative, but I just don't do stuff this way. You know, I just, I'm just not going to buy something. Yeah, that's the same thing I did. I'm just not going to buy something. And she was like kind of, kind of mad. Like I had wasted her time, you know? And so I was really polite about it. I was just like you know, I'm I'm just I'm just not gonna do it. So finally she gives me a final offer, three thousand for the whole house. So now she's gone down from eighty five hundred to three grand. Which is ridiculous to begin with. Right, exactly. So so you're telling me you mark these
1: things up a hundred and
0: twenty percent. But this was the thing. It was three grand, but it was only gonna be half the house. So I just oh. I was like, Well, no. So then as she's walking away, she goes, what if I could do the whole house? And I just said, for three grand, she goes, yeah, what if I call Bob back and I can get the whole house? And I was just like, I said, honestly, even if you do, I'm not going to do it right now. I'd have to call you back like tomorrow. So she goes, all right. You know, she packs up her clown car with all her stuff. (laughs) And then, but then this was what blew me away, Nate. What she told me was, she said, don't call the company For at least 12 months. And I said, well, well, why is that? And she said, because you will. She said basically that like the fact that I had turned down three grand or whatever for the whole house meant that the normal price was like 8,000. And so that because I didn't do this now, if I called them next week and said, you know what? I want gutters for three grand. They would they would not do it. That's what she told me. And I'm just sitting That's here the thinking, same like, this guy that told says, me. sounds like such BS to me. And so I right. just let her, you know, waved her away. Okay, see ya. So this was the best, Nate. I go inside. You know, my wife's putting the girls to bed. And she goes, so what happened? And I said, well, I just I just told her I wasn't ready to do it today. And she said that it had to be today or nothing. And my wife was kind of disappointed. And then she's like, well, what was the final price she went down to? Because while she was out there, we were still in like the 5,600 range. You know, this was like the first call with Bob. And I said, three grand for the whole house. And she was blown away. She was like, you turned that down? She (laughs) was so like blown away. It was unbelievable. She was, I, and, and she is such a frugal woman. Like (laughs) she, I, I mean, way more than me. Like she is incredible. The deals she finds. She got totally owned, Nate, by this woman. And it was so (laughs) funny because I started laughing. I'm like, you got so taken to school by this woman. And she was like mad at me. And she woke up the next morning and I'm sitting there eating breakfast. And she comes over to me and she kind of smirks and goes, I'm really glad you sent that woman away. I don't know. What, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> no, we it was would, the same
1: thing because we would so never spend. Three,
0: she's like we would never spend three grand on shut on gutters. I can't even believe I was yeah. thinking that. Thank you, and I'm just like you're welcome, honey. <laughs> no, no, this guy wanted us to spend.
1: I think it was almost. I think it ended up being like 900 dollars a window. Oh, dude. Uh, I know. <laughs> And, and it, oh it was gosh. like to do the whole house was like almost like $17,000 or something like that. It, it was insane. <laughs> and it was, it was like $17,000 and I'm like, yeah, I don't make a $17,000. I don't make a decision like this on, you know, the first time somebody comes over to my house, I get a couple quotes, blah, right. blah, blah. Right. And my wife was just like, she was in the same boat as your wife. And but for her, she works at five AM and this guy was there at ten thirty and she was still oh, up. And she was like She was not she was right. On, on, she was punch drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so finally I just I, I was like, Yeah, let's just get this done. And I, I don't know why I signed the
0: contract, but it was basically to just avoid uh <laughs> confrontation. Are you so, wait? You signed it. You're on the hook for 17 grand. No, no, no.
1: I canceled it. Oh, you canceled. Because in Ohio, if you sign a contract like that, like a service contract, yeah. you have three days to cancel. Oh, it. thank God. Oh my it's God. It's lemon law. Oh my yeah. God. Thank God. Yeah, I know. Well, no, oh. no, it was the same deal. Like we only did half the
0: house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we only did the front half of the house. So it was going to be like that. nine Crazy. grand or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean were so, these like insanely big windows or
1: No, I'm just insanely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were low they were argon filled. Oh. Um and they had a super spacer, Tom. They had a super spacer. A super <laughs> Whatever spacer that is that is revolutionize <laughs> Windows
0: technology.
1: Uh and they were low Does emission it... argon filled, so they didn't let any heat through. Does it repel bird poop too? <laughs> <laughs> they were easy cleaning. They flipped in for easy cleaning. Yeah. And he said, "And if you slide these down, you can't break this catch." I had a guy here that was a-, a weightlifter, and he tried to break this catch, and he couldn't break this catch.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the best the best one I ever had was a, a guy I lived with, a good friend of mine actually, and um, he was uh, he was trying to sell me bottled water that was extra infused. <laughs> With oxygen, which at first I'm trying to pick, like. <laughs> I know, at first I'm trying to think like chemistry. That's like, the dumbest thing I'm I've ever. I was like, I'm like well, "How do you do that?" I mean, water is hydrogen with a hydrogen bond to oxygen. How do you add oxygen to water? I don't know what like their actual market. And I'm already taking
1: was. antioxidants. Why would I want more
0: oxygen? I I don't know what I don't know what I don't know if it's like you're gonna absorb. I don't know what it was. But his, his whole thing was like, if you drink this water, your body absorbs like, more oxygen and so you'll perform better. And I was oh, like, that, this is the greatest scam I've ever heard was of. was like, okay. And so he's like, he goes, I'll prove it to you. And I was like, really? He goes, yes. And he goes, stand there right now. I'm like, okay. And he goes, try to touch your toes. And I try to touch my toes. And I'm not flexible. And so I was probably like a foot short of touching my toes. And he goes, okay, now drink, now drink some of this water. And I drank some of the water. And he goes, now try to touch your toes. And I could touch my toes. <laughs> and I was like blown away. I was like, whoa, like it's real. Like the oxygen, you know, I'm, like my muscles are responding to it. He's like, and he's nodding like, yeah, totally. Like I'm not surprised you could do it. Your, 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 your muscles have more oxygen now or whatever. I didn't end up buying it from him or whatever, but like a month later, just for kicks, I like try to touch my toes. And I, again, I was like a foot short. Then I stood up. I tried to touch my toes again and I could touch my toes. It's called stretching. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like I got so owned by this gimmick. But, uh, but yeah. Oh man. The the gutter. Like, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. No, you
1: haven't, you haven't lived until someone sat in your kitchen at 10 at night and shined a heat lamp through a window and you put your hand behind it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's insane. Oh, anyway. Well, this has been another episode of Cavs the Blog podcast. It's just Cavs the <laughs> Podcast. We we we, Cavs the we we've podcast rebranded. Uh so anyway, uh yeah, that was it <laughs> that that was a little bonus coverage for you all. So uh
0: as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. All right, I need to definitely put something in the uh the description that lets them know <laughs> what they can just stop listening. If they don't want to <laughs> hear the stories about us getting almost taken to the cleaners. <laughs> oh man. That was I'm awesome really one. glad that to find out that you canceled that contract. Oh yeah. No, no.
1: I, I, I knew. Yeah, no. Cause I got up the next morning and I just like started looking up prices on windows. And then I called my buddy who's a contractor I oh, see, I should still be I didn't tell the story as well as I could. But So then I call my buddy, then I call my buddy who's a contractor and I'm like, I'm a little bit sheepish. Like, how much should I be paying for windows? And he's like, why?
0: Because
1: yeah. A, I should have got a quote from him because he's my friend. And he's <laughs> yeah, right.
0: He's before. like, what the hell, man? Like, he's I've been like, trying to sell you speak windows speak for here. 20 years and you're always turning me down. <laughs> right. So I <laughs> I do that
1: and he's like yeah you probably shouldn't be paying more than like 600 a window and I'm like is that installed and he's like yeah who the hell's trying to sell you a window so like I'll call you back yeah <laughs> so then my wife and I are like going through the fine print on this contract and then she's like yeah there's a cancellation clause so oh wow like, and I had to deliver the letter like certified mail or in, or in person yeah um you had, to
0: be, so, you, had to be, you had to do the walk of shame. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I was there's no way
0: I was going there.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> because I would have just gotten sold again. Well, I'd, I'd end up doing the whole house. So
0: you know, I'm I'm not good with that kind of confrontation either. I'm getting better at it, but um, I, I am too. But part of it was my wife was
1: so like smitten with this window idea, smitten with the whole thing, and yeah. he was like talking about his kids. It's like, oh my god, you. My girls are the same as these girls. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't even tell you the best part. So I got to turn off the record button for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe. Okay. So here is the kicker. So turns out the guy's a huge Cavs fan. Oh, of course. And, oh, no. So he's got a video of him in third row seats, high five in LeBron after a play. And it's clearly the guy. So I was like, I was geeking out over this. Oh
0: my gosh. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, like, I was trying to find the video on YouTube so I could show you. It was like, I got taken to the cleaner on Windows by this guy. Yeah. And I'm not going to describe what he looks like, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: I really hope he listens to Cavs the Podcast.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I. He'll be
0: like jumping in the comments section, yeah, like arguing why
1: it's really a good you know deal. He'll be like, My house is going to get TP'd, just like yeah, you were worried about. I know. I know. Yeah. And the woman with the duffel bag is no. going to
0: come up to watch. your house. You you watch some guys going to show up in our comment section and be like, "Actually, that sounds like a really great deal on windows, especially if they have the 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 the, the low E argon." ER yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway,
1: yeah. So the the Cavs connection was the best part. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So. Yeah, and then like, oh, this is the same thing I'm going to do on my floors, and it was like, I mean, it was like everything was like that. Yeah, it was like you
0: guys were soulmates, and, and he, basically. Well, yeah, all he really needed soulmates. to do, all he really needed to do, was start talking about like, oh man, I just wish the Cavs would have gone after Thad Young a few years back. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> or like, that you know, Kyrie seems like a nice kid, but man, Delly really plays the pick and roll a lot better. You would have just been like, just, just here's a blank check, man. Just like. <laughs> How do I give you my money? Yeah, yeah, just windows at the end, please.
1: Oh, what if the Cavs had drafted Kawhi Leonard?
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> that guy—if he would have had—he oh. he definitely doesn't read Cavs blog because if he would, he would have owned you. He would have—he didn't—he didn't known exactly what <laughs> to been, say. He
1: would have been—he uh would have been putting up vines of Victor Oladipo, and <laughs> 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 he's like, "I call Anthony Bennett Gumdrop Bear." Holy cow! So do I. <laughs> Oh man. Uh yeah, it was uh well, and, and like you said, like normally I'm I'm pretty savvy about that kind of stuff cuz I actually deal with a lot of vendors uh with my job for IT stuff and you know, I I I've, I've dealt with that a lot and it's just funny. It's like how do, I I really just signed the contract to get him to leave in retrospect and the the whole night I'm like, can't sleep. I was like, that was so dumb. Why did I fall for all that? And then the next morning, it was like, it was ridiculous. And and I told my wife and she's like, oh, I just wanted it to be done. I was like, you realize we're paying like an extra, there's no way we should be doing these windows for more
0: than 10 grand for the whole house. So Nate, (laughs) I think I know the secret to this because I've seen it. Um, I worked with a guy, a real good guy for a couple of years and he was just the most polite, uh, seemingly non-confrontational, good-natured guy you could ever meet. And uh, we were in it. We were all in a big truck um, driving to Topeka, Kansas for for work. And he's in the back, and he's like, Hey, do you guys mind if I just call, uh, I think he was calling like Enterprise or, or some rental car company. He was like, they double booked me, and I just got to, um, you know, there was some problem, and he's like, I just got to get it worked out. And we're like, oh yeah, no problem. So we just like turned the music down. We just kind of kept quiet. And he's on the phone and you know, they answer. He's like, hi, I'm yada yada. And you know, here, you know, I, I had this confirmation number and this happened about a week ago and real, real polite, real like kind of laid back, kind of soft spoken. This is going on for like a minute or two. And then suddenly he just goes, well, that's completely unacceptable. And like all of us in the car like looked at each other like, did he just say that? Like, did he just like, basically tell them no, like as strongly as possible without like raising his voice and be turning into like a dick. And, <laughs> and, 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 and then he had, there was like no, there was no resistance. He just said it that way. He's like, well, that's just unacceptable. And then he was like, Oh, and I expect this and I expect a full refund and I'm blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, okay, okay. Well then I'd like that. As, can you give me a confirmation number for that? And he wrote something down and he was like, okay, thank you very much. And he hung up. And we were all just, like, bowing down, like, what just happened? Like, I, I can't even believe that, like, you know. And he just, like, well, like, you know. So it was kind of like the running joke with him, like, going forward, that he was, like, the consumer warrior. And so we used to <laughs> joke. But but we found out this was, like, a real thing. Like, when Time Warner, you know, Time Warner or, or, or whoever, cable company, always comes in and gives you some crazy teaser rate. And they give you everything. And you get HBO. And you get HBO. And you get you know cinemax and you get everything and then it's like it's like 50 bucks and then after a year it balloons up to like 300 well every time it would do that he would just call him and be like i'm canceling right now and they'd be like well why like well because you ballooned and then they would try to get him to go like halfway and he'd be like you can give me the same rate you gave me or you can give me a better rate and if you don't i'm leaving right now and getting like the other people and 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 they would he would always do it. He used to joke that his goal before he died was to get the cable companies to pay him <laughs> to use their service. <laughs> but I think the key is you just you play it real low key, and they and and you and you, you you get them you get them off guard, like they sort well, of feel and, like and they're you get them so they've invested time. Well, they sort of feel like yeah, they sort of feel like uh, you act real unassuming and you kind of not along. And they're not ready for it. And then when you just hit them with that, they don't know how to <laughs> respond. I, I think, I think when you have that. That's bang- how you got $3,000 gutters, Tom. I think when you have that anxious look on your face, like, oh no, I think they just keep pushing harder. I think if you just like. Give me your best shot. And then you just. You got to give them the poker face. And you just smack it back in their face. I think that's when they back down. So next time, just be sitting there like, oh, yeah, Argon. Oh, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looks good. Oh, double cleaning. Oh, you got me. And then when they say the price, you just look at me and you go, well, that's just unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My problem was, is I had no idea what the price it should be before exactly. I Exactly. Which is why they spend that whole time playing yeah. games with you, trying to price bias right. you. Yeah. So. Nate, how anyway. much do you th- how much do you think uh, a site like Cavs the blog is worth in <laughs> like if you didn't own the site and had to uh, and had to pay uh, how much would it be worth to you, Nate? Would you say like it'd be worth like a million dollars a year, <laughs> like 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 a hundred thousand dollars? Like what are we talking here, Nate? Are we talking six figures, seven figures? I mean, Nate, I mean Tristan Thompson's making eighty two million dollars and he can't even hit a three. Uh, you know, I can hit a three, as you know, from going to the, to the, to the queue with me. Um, and I provide daily content, you know, Tristan doesn't provide daily content. So what do you think for a blog? Like, like, what do you think it's worth to you, Nate? Like, like a million a year? Because Nate, I can call, I can call Bob and Bob (laughs) can get you Cavs the blog, an annual subscription for only $50,000, Nate, only that's, that's probably Nate. I mean. You make more than that in a year, right, or your combined family income, I bet, is more than fifty given your age and <laughs> life. You can totally afford this, and I know it's a big part of your life i mean you've already you know what do you think Nate what do you think but but it's got to be right now nate if you if
1: if
0: you get off this pod and you try to think about it well then don't 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 sign up for at least a year because it's going to be back to eighty two million dollars a year Nate I'm sorry. <laughs> I, w- I wish NBA agents negotiated like that. <laughs> Some of them probably do.
1: <laughs> you are signing my guy for eighty two million right now, or he's walking. <laughs> yep.
0: Even though no one else is going to give him that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well.
0: <laughs> well, this was fun, man.
1: Yeah, I just recorded that last bit as bonus content if you want to put it up. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. Well I got the whole thing too. I never stop, so I, oh, okay. I can record okay. it. I can post it too.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um because I didn't want to I, I made sure to not identify anyone. So Yeah.
0: Well you want me to you want me to post it? You hit hit the yeah. sack? All right. Yeah, I gotta I gotta
1: hit the sack. It's one ten. Cool, Are dude. you back at work yet or no? Yeah I am. Oh, okay.
0: Alright, cool. I oh. got this one. Thanks, I All appreciate right. it. That I'll was yeah, that was fun
1: and funny. Yeah, <laughs> All right, I'll see you. <laughs> the The fat young line made me laugh. <laughs>
0: oh man!
1: Uh, if he did, if he had said Bismack Biombo, that would have been. <laughs> I really <was laughs> that would have been, really... that would have
0: been the slam dunk right there. Yeah, I mean, they could have had Biombo at a fraction of the price. And imagine <laughs> if they would have just given Aaron Kraft a chance in the T
1: <laughs> like. Okay, so Tristan and Biombo do the same thing. What if I told you I'd give you Biombo for $3 million a year?
0: Yeah. Sold. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you later. All right, later, Nate. Thank you for listening to Have the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the Bees.